The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Happy Thursday, everybody. Today we're in tough times. You read the newspapers, you watch television, you look online, you can't get away from it, career assessment, workplace issues, and hidden opportunities during tough economic times. is something that my listeners want to hear about, and I brought in some of the experts to talk about some of the trends in this area at this time, and joining us first is my new provisor's buddy, Joy Chen, who's the managing principal of Chen Partners, Inc. Joy, welcome to our show this morning. Good morning, Cindy. You sound very chipper for 7 a.m. <laughs> it's tough, you, but we have to sound chipper, right? <laughs> well, Joy, listen, thank you for joining us, and um, okay. listen, you have... Such a great, admirable background from Hendrick and Struggles to having a BA from Duke University, which really says a lot in my books. Yay, East Coast schools, and um, you know. And then you have your graduate degrees from UCLA. Um, very, very impressive. I see that you even have deputy mayor credentials in, in your CV, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that about you. Well, it, that was a, a really special opportunity to spend some time in public service. It's 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 very very impressive, particularly in, with your involvement in education and workforce initiatives. I think that they could use you back in public office. <laughs> education is a really important issue facing our country. It, no kidding, no kidding, and. Um, you know, I think that in this time, I bet you you would agree that when people have to learn new skills because the economy is shrinking a bit and jobs might be changing, education is one of the opportunity areas where people can retrain themselves and learn new skills to uh, adapt to the the shrinking economy. I mean, it's just really important. So I'm sure you agree with that. Absolutely, Cindy. I think that uh, lifelong learning is perhaps the most important thing that people can do to invest in themselves and invest in their careers. Oh, absolutely. And those people that think they know it all really don't because once a person, no matter how successful, no matter how much they make, no matter how high they may have gotten up the corporate totem pole, um, the people who are most successful who I've worked with in my life are the ones who said that they always want to learn more rather than I know it all. Cindy, it's funny that you brought that up because when people ask me about the biggest showstoppers in careers, um, that's one of the things that I bring up most often, that oftentimes people, um, as as they move up the corporate totem pole, as they get bigger titles and more money, their um, their appetite for learning becomes inversely related to their um, to their position, title, and status. And that is, I would say, you know, a very important reason why people um, flame out in their careers. Because the fact is, 
that if they stop learning, um, the world is continuing to spin more rapidly around them. Um, the economy is continuing to change more rapidly uh, with the economy, with globalization, with technology, and their companies need them to stay abreast of it all. And if they're not investing in themselves, if they're not continuing to learn, um, they, um, they start to become um, obsolete in terms of their own careers and in terms of the value they contribute to their companies. Such an important point and something that I want to say to entrepreneurs out there or entrepreneurs who are new and are struggling after being in corporate life and trying to redefine themselves. Many times an entrepreneur will say, well, I've been working for blah, blah, blah for 30 years, okay? We do it this way and that's it. It's a defense mechanism to make them feel better about themselves, but at the end of the day, they're really not helping themselves. Because people, particularly baby boomers who are finding themselves in a new entrepreneurial mode in life, uh-huh. they have to really learn a different set of skills. I mean, it's not the same as going to um, oh, it's not the same as going to a job where a vice president of a Fortune 500 company where everything is sort of laid out for you and all of the ducks are in a row. Absolutely. There's two kinds of learnings that you can um, invest in with yourself, knowledge and skills. Uh, we typically, when we think about the word learning, we think about skills. Let's say we want to pick up accounting. We want to learn Excel. Um, all of those things are important because you want to be continuing to be more broad and be more flexible in the types of things that you can do. It's also crucially important whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a company man or a company woman, to be developing knowledge. Um, if you go into a new industry or a new career, as you just pointed out, Cindy, um, you need to really spend the time to get to know the new industry that you're, that you're getting involved with. Who are the competitors out there? Who are your customers? Who are the suppliers that you'll be working with? Um, there's all types of new knowledge and information that you need to arm yourself with so you're not just sticking yourself out there, um, uh, you know, defenseless. Oh, that's exactly right. And you and I have had discussions about um, the importance of utilizing 2.0 marketing or social networking in business. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is a skill that I think is a very good example of the person who I was describing before, who's a baby boomer or you know a y gen- you know a y generation person who might be stuck in some old 1.0 ways of doing business. So I'm not going to go into too much detail with this subject, Joy. But the thing that I think you and I agreed upon is that people who are from you know, the, the old school of business, which I'm defining as before 2.0 existed, right. are very, very quick to dismiss it. And it's easy for them to say, well, I, I don't have the time to learn Twitter, and that's a social thing, and people shouldn't be using that at work without really understanding that there can be marketing implications that could positively affect bottom line for a company. So education in social networking, and the new 2.0 world in terms of sales development and marketing is crucial right now, and it shouldn't be dismissed. 
Absolutely. Social networking ain't for teenagers anymore. I love that. <laughs> the, the best companies that are changing the world, who will be changing the world in the next 10 years, are really looking closely at the World Wide Web. Social networking, social media are a very powerful way to connect with their customers, to connect with their suppliers, and to get ahead of their competitors. Um, I would argue that over time, you know, we're seeing quick, we're quickly seeing the the destruction of the newspaper industry and other types of media. Over time, um, web communications, whether it's social networking, web marketing, um, will become, you know, more and more the dominant way that customers get information on your company and learn about you. Oh, exactly right. It's um, you know, it's it's such an important tool. I came in to a conversation yesterday with the kind of person that I'm describing to you, a very, very successful, bright executive, um, who I was discussing Twitter with in in a way where I was talking about Twitter as a tool to increase networking skills and visibility. All right, and the person replied to me, "It's like I don't know how you have the time for that, Cindy. I mean, I just wouldn't have the patience to, you know, deal with Twitter too right now. I mean, who who has time for that?" <laughs> and I just thought, you know what? This is something that executives really have to learn because Twitter is not just a social tool. This is an amazing way that people are getting news out about themselves or a topic or connecting to events in 140 characters or less, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And this is a prime opportunity for the lifelong learning that we've talked about. I personally have to confess that I need to get to know Twitter better. I am a member on Twitter, but I don't really use it, and I haven't quite figured out how to use it well. But that's something that I want to work on this year in 2009, um, whether it's Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. These are all areas that I think we can really um, Learn about their free. You can just sign up for an account and start experimenting. The way to get to know about these things is just to dive right in. No, oh, and you have to play with it yourself. It's it's one of those things where this is where you don't need intense training necessarily. Okay, one of the few areas where you could, one of the few things left in life where you could really be self-taught. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to go to school for this stuff. And, um, you know, when you do it, you learn it. I mean, when you get into the groove of it, you really, really learn it. But, listen, I want to go back to what you do in your career, Joy. Um, you, we know that you're a headhunter. Um, define for us headhunter. Is it the same as a recruiter? Um, do you work for companies or for the candidates? I'm sure that's a commonly asked question. Absolutely. Um... I think that because in so many areas of society, like when we deal with real estate brokers or we deal with other types of people who are in the middle of transactions, people are used to uh, brokers who represent both sides. In a real estate deal, you could have a broker who represents both the buyer and the seller. In the hiring business, by contrast, Recruiters or headhunters were the same thing. Some people think the word headhunter is not so elegant and they prefer recruiters. 
I personally think that headhunter is a pretty apt description of what we do, so I embrace the term headhunter. Uh, headhunters and recruiters only represent companies. Um, the kinds of people who represent candidates have titles called such as executive coach or career coaches. Those are people who they don't necessarily go out and find you a job, but their job is to help you do all the things that you need to do to find a job. So I uh, and my firm and people who do what I do only represent companies. When companies have a position that they need filled, they would retain us to go out into the marketplace on their behalf, find the perfect candidate to bring back and fill that role. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's an easy and clear description. Listen, we're going to have to take a commercial break, Joy. Stay with us, and we'll go through some of the other things that you and I had discussed, and then we'll finish up with your segment of the show. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned. Stand by. More with Joy Chen in just a few minutes. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. When you think about change in your life, do you think about yourself? How does that translate to growth in your business? The change we want to see in our business starts with ourselves as leaders and the impact we can make. Join host Linnea Hagen on a terrific journey that takes you from motivation to inspiration. Every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, listen for Abundance Leadership right here on the Voice America Business Network. Abundance Leadership. Grow your business. Grow yourself. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. 
If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and we're talking with Joy Chen, the managing principal, Chen Partners, Inc., www.chenpartners.com. Joy, thank you for your description before of you know, a headhunter, and that's what you are. It's confusing to a lot of lay people out there, I think, as they're trying to help themselves advance in their careers, particularly from the seeker side in who to contact. And, you know, I think it's important to define that, you know, headhunters generally work on behalf of companies. Sure and um, that doesn't mean that you don't, that a headhunter doesn't, need to have a good candidate pool, but it just means that probably not the, you know, the best first stop for a person to go when they're preparing for a job search. Am I correct? Yeah, and this is a question that people ask a lot. How do I get to know a headhunter? Um, you know, with this economy, we are getting inundated with people calling us up, asking us to go to lunch with them, begging us to go to lunch with them, flooding us with their resumes. Um, And the fact of the matter is, you know, if people put themselves into the position of a recruiter or a headhunter and they understand that, you know, we are flat-out busy looking for people for a very specific number of jobs that we're working on, um, whether or not their background fits, what we're looking for at any given time is, unfortunately, a pretty low probability. So, unfortunately, you know, even while they, um, they're looking for somebody to help them out, somebody to maybe help them with their resume, help them get, get them a job, um, there's a pretty low chance that we will be able to serve as that resource for them as much as we would like to. And if we have a cup of coffee with them or have lunch with them, um, that won't up the chances that we will suddenly get a search that matches their backgrounds. So the better way to network with us really is to um, to send us your resume. Email us the resume. It could be over our websites. Many of us have websites where um, with resume features that they can upload the resume. That way our that our technologies and our staff will be able to review their resumes every time we start a new search. Um, and I hate to say it, the best way to network with a recruiter is to put your head down and do a fantastic job at your work and make sure that you're well-networked um, so that when the recruiter has a position that they need to find, talk to somebody like you about, um, we'll come out and find you. In that sense, we're hunters. We're not really gatherers of resumes. I think that's a very, very good distinction, and that's why the people who, you know, do their jobs, do their jobs well, or if they're even a newfound entrepreneur, they Mm -hmm. keep out there in a very relevant fashion and keep their skill sets going and even find clients who can use their skills from what they've learned and succeeded in in corporate America, I mean, it's more likely that uh, somebody like you might find them because they're visible and they're relevant and they're doing something. Exactly. And, Cindy, you you pointed out, you know, you said that in the right order, too. It doesn't help just to do a good job if nobody knows about it. 
um, oftentimes the best tips we get on, on candidates are from people who've worked with those candidates. So um, staying visible is important, and that's sometimes where public relations can come in. And public relations and social networking, I think. Ab- yes, absolutely, no. social networking. I mean, if, um, if you have, if you're doing a search mm-hmm. on behalf of a great company, you're looking for great quality people. And, you know, sure, you're looking at people who are the tops in their fields. You're looking at people who you've already, you know, might have had a relationship with in the past, associates of those people. Yeah. Um, but in this day and time, um, rather than just, you know, conventional public relations, again, if these people who you are aware of might have become an entrepreneur um, or are still working in the corporate world, if they're asking questions and leading discussion groups on LinkedIn and getting, like, thousands of responses, you know they're relevant. Those are all great ways to not only make yourself visible, but to make sure that you're staying on top of the trends in your industry and making that things like that, uh, Cindy, that you, tips like that that you just pointed out, not only make you more visible, but they make you more relevant and more valuable to companies. No, it's, it's absolutely true. Well, we're talking, you're giving a lot of great advice in, you know, what people should be doing to be smart about their careers. Are there, what others, we talked about education, we talked about always learning, we talked about social networking. What else? Well, I think networking more broadly. You know, I think that when people start a job search, oftentimes the first thing that they think they should do is try to contact and get in front of recruiters. The fact of the matter is a very small percentage of people get their next jobs through recruiters. I've seen anywhere between 5 and 15% of jobs out there are actually being uh, represented by recruiters. They tend to be the jobs at the tops of companies. But not all the jobs at the tops of companies are filled this way. The vast majority of jobs are filled through networking, whether it's social networking, uh, in-person networking. Usually it's a combination of both. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of research that shows that the people who tend to give you your jobs are weak. Are you familiar with this concept of weak ties? Yes, but please share it. Share it with the listeners. You, you and I had a conversation about it, and I think it's a great, it's a great way to talk about networking. So go yeah. right ahead. <laughs> Strong ties tend to be the people that you spend most of your time with, the people that you see every day, your family members, your best friend. Um, they, uh, they often know most about you. Um, and they also know most of your friends, and that's usually a limited number of people. Depending on who you are, let's say 1, 2, 10, 15 people, um, those tend to be not the people who give you your next professional opportunities. The people who tend to give you your next professional opportunities tend to be what, they're, what, what we call weak ties. Let's say somebody who you know through your Facebook network or through your church or through the charity group that you volunteer with, people who you don't spend all of your time with, but who has, you know, some overlap with your circle, but then a whole other vast rest of their circle that's different from yours. They might hear about a position that's open or a business opportunity that's available, 
they might refer that to you. They might tell you about it, or they might just mention your name to a recruiter when you call. So making sure that you are part of networks with multiple, multiple weak ties is probably the most important thing that you can do, um, obviously, in addition to developing yourself and making sure you've got the goods. But as far as, um, as, far as uh, making yourself visible, um, developing those weak ties is probably the most important thing you can be doing. And I think that's very important for people to know. And weak ties can be as simple as going to lunch with, with peers that you used to work with. Yes. Um, keeping in touch with them. Yes. Um, if there's industry events and it's relevant to what you do, go to them. Don't sit okay. home and, you know, mope. <laughs> and don't just go to the industry events of things that you've done in the past, especially if you're looking to get into a new industry or a new career. Figure out what professional associations there are in that industry and start hanging out at those and being helpful to the people at those. And as and as we both know, if you are a member of a networking group or a professional, you know, a professional organization, you know, it people really become both weak and strong ties. I mean, you have a pool of people that you can really develop these relationships with. Yes, and it's fun. No, it definitely is fun. We all need to have our social support particularly at a time where we might be doing a job transition. We have a few more minutes left with you, Joy, in this segment. I wanted to ask you if you had any tips about resume writing and what should and should not go into a resume. Okay, sure. Um, I think the most important concept around a resume is that this is not just a listing of the things that you have done in the past. It's really more important that this become the, the sales document for your next job. So the most important piece of advice I would say, think about what you want to do next and have a good idea about that. There's all kinds of books and career coaches out there to help you with that. And then cast all of your past experience in the context of how it will help you to do that perfect next job your next employer. Your resume is a sales brochure for you. It's not a history of you. No, and I think that's very important. People are often very, very confused in how to best write it these days. And I think in most cases, the shorter the better. Am I correct? Is that really the trend these days? I mean, you could give background information on yourself, but the first page, shouldn't it be as concise as possible? Yes. Well, just think, the person who's reading your resume probably has a pile of 300 resumes in front of them. So uh, you want to be concise. You want that first page of very valuable real estate to jump off the page to them and tell them, whoa, this is somebody that I need to look at more closely for the specific position that I'm trying to fill. As far as the actual length of the resume, you know, when I went to college, it seemed that they always told us to keep resume to one page. I think that, you know, if you're graduating from college or you're in college, that's an appropriate length. But if you've got five, ten years out of college um, and beyond two pages, maybe three pages, if you have a lot of accomplishments, it's just about right. 
I've seen the gamut. I've seen people who've been in business for 30 years come in with a one-page resume. That's not nearly enough room. I've seen people with, I kid you not, 13-page resumes with wow. a cover t- title page, you know, their address on the next page, and that just seems a little pretentious. It's a novel. They should get a literary agent. Well, listen, Joy, <laughs> we have to finish up with this segment. I want to thank you so much for sharing your professional tips. Oh, it's nice to you. And you're welcome to come back anytime to talk about anything that you'd like to talk about. Joy, uh, you know, you're very, very impressive yourself. I know that you've had coverage in lots of periodicals, and, you know, you're very news savvy yourself, so it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And you have a great day and a great weekend, and thank you for joining us on Stars of PR. Great to be with you. Thank you for having me, Cindy. Okay, a pleasure. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get 
free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back talking about career assessment, workplace issues, and hidden opportunities during tough economic times. I've um, been coined already in creating a name for this era called the New Millennial Depression. Um, I do still believe that in spite of the fact that it's tough times, there are a lot of opportunities. And um, for the next couple of segments of the show, I have a very special guest, executive recruiter Gary L. Sanger. He's the president of Sanger & Associates www.sangerassociates.com. Welcome, Gary. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me, Cindy. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I should say group leader, Provisors. Provisors is getting a lot of play on my radio show because I'm having a lot of Provisors guests on the show. But um, it gives us all an opportunity to share our professional expertise, and you certainly have a lot of expertise in the area that we are discussing today. So thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, you you and I have discussed some things prior to this show, some of it via email, but um, you say something very, very important in some of your discussion points that you've sent over to me, and that is attitude is everything. That's number one on your list. <laughs> so... Um, why don't you tell us exactly what you do, and then we could talk about how attitude is everything. Well, thanks again for this opportunity. Sanger Associates is a, uh, an executive retained search firm. What that means is that we represent corporations on an exclusive basis to go out and uh, follow their rules. We follow their rules by their definition of what it is that are the musts in an executive position that uh, they are trying to fill for their company, and whether it's on a confidential basis, as in a replacement for someone that that is there, or it's a new position that they're trying to change. We uh, access our database of some 40,000 names. We have rifle shot research that we can get into uh, corporations and find these people at those levels and are able to provide them with a cadre of uh, candidates that uh, meet the must that our corporation is uh, looking to find. Okay, and you've been doing this for quite some time. I have. My background is uh, originally a farm kid from Idaho, bachelor's and master's degree from that huge institution of Idaho State University in Pocatello, and uh, 20 years in HR with American Hospital Supply Corporation, Security Pacific, and Citibank. I had seven years with a major outplacement firm where I was an executive vice president helping people in transition and have been in job search with uh, executive recruiting these last 12 years. Well, you have, um, it sounds like the people who ask you to do searches on their behalf are in very, very good hands. <laughs> well, thank you. That is uh, certainly our uh, desire to partner really well with our corporate uh, client. Well, you have the experience, and I know that you take this very, very seriously. We, um, you know, you shared with us a little bit um you know, about what you do and the approach, you're very, very serious. There are matrices. You match people. It's, uh, it's a science. It really seems to be a science. But... Well, I think it can be a science. Uh, going back to this uh, new millennial depression, <laughs> yeah. I think if candidates that are in job transition, 
I think you can choose to really participate with this depression out there, or you can try to rise above it. You know, I think we're going to have another four to six quarters where the job market's going to be pretty, uh, pretty bleak. And so it means you're going to have to rise above all this. And, and to me, where it starts is, uh, is attitude. You, uh, you start a discussion with someone you're just meeting for the first time as a candidate on the phone, and you get the dismal impression that it's poor me, I'm a victim, you know, you badmouth your past boss, your past company, uh, you sound desperate. Those are great, great ways to have a very short conversation with an executive recruiter or with a corporate recruiter because, uh, I mean, why do you want to go out and get uh, down by uh, trying to be a job seeker when that company is looking for positive folks to go out there and get results. I think that's, that's why I, I had to lead with that at the beginning of the show. The attitude is everything part is so important. And people make mistakes when they're talking to um, a recruiter for the first time, they, particularly those that were in senior-level management with a corporation. Um, what I've seen in the past was is that they get really, they're really insecure about themselves, so they want to kind of... They want to appear like they're above that, and they get kind of, you know, a bad attitude. And because they want to feel superior, they're talking to the executive recruiter like they, you know, like they're still superior. And therefore, they'll say things like, well, this CEO obviously did everything wrong. And, you know, and they think that they're connecting with you, but they're really not impressing you. Am I right? Cindy, you're right on. I think the idea of... uh... The candidate, I believe, to be effective, I mean, you've got to be honest with yourself. Certainly attitude is a big, big part of it to start. But I think then you need to be focused. I think the candidate, the executive, the manager that has been out in business, that has the 5 to 30 years experience, let's be honest with yourself. What focus is it that you should have with your job search? Because that is exactly what you have done before. It's the person that says, I can do anything. I, I like people. I mean, that's a favorite line that uh, half the people talk to us about us or to us uh, on the phone. I think the focus, being honest with what you have done before, I think the perspective that says, look, if you are in the first stage of an interview with an executive search firm, there's going to be there are going to be three or four or five key things that that interviewer is looking for. And I would ask that candidates that want to be effective in this job transition process focus on the question, respond to it briefly, because that recruiter is trying to find whether you ought to be entered into the race or not. And those that talk and talk and talk, they are talking themselves right out of an opportunity to even be considered. Well, there you go, and I think that's very important. Edit yourself. (laughs) There you go. you got one mouth and... And two of these things that we're listening with. Edit yourself. Well, listen, you, again, you gave me a really great list of, you know, you gave me a key list of things that people should be aware of, and I want to get through it. So I'm going to go to size of your wallet. Talk about that, Gary. I think this is the practical side of your job search. The practical side says, how much money do you have in your savings you know, with you, your spouse, your family, whatever the issue might be. And if you're going to have to use different means to go find a job, i.e. have to uh, go and do some 
jobs that perhaps you might not want to do. I think these next 12 to 18 months are going to be most difficult indeed. And so if you are a salesperson and you need to go into a commission sales position for a period of time to prove yourself, what length of time can you last and how open should you be geographically as to where you might go for a position? Mm-hmm. No, I, well, it's, I think that's the quantitative evaluation of your job search, so that's an important one. And then we have industry growth projections, follow the money. Well, I think if you follow the money, you know, clearly out of Washington and where the uh, support is going to be coming from, I did a little research out of USA and, uh, and Moody's looking at where the economy is going. And certainly some of the worst hit areas, those that are the most down, the construction, the financial activities, the manufacturing, and the retail areas, the outlook in those areas certainly is not very bright. But on the other side, in their, in their um, research, the education and health services area, those, that area, those areas are looking to be in short-lived downward trends and the opportunity to go out and find positions in those arenas really are... Uh, greatly enhanced. So follow the money. Uh, Likewise, if you were following the money into which cities make some sense, I looked at a Forbes article where they were talking about such places as Madison, Wisconsin, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Boston, Pittsburgh. They have uh, still lots of growth in those particular cities. So if you were looking where the areas of most likelihood of having positions available, I think some research into this would make some sense. Is it hard for you, Gary, to convince people that they, it might be a good idea for them to relocate? It's very difficult. Yeah, they're not open to it a lot well, of the time. Well, they're not open to it oftentimes, but just the practicality of it. In today's real estate world, trying to sell your home, I mean, that alone is very difficult because the market has certainly been uh, you know, in disarray for the last year or so. So maybe you have to consider renting your home for a period of time. Maybe you have to consider doing the the Monday through Friday commutes. But I think opening your search to a bigger geographic area early is, is really a wise choice for someone that's in transition. I, I think that's true. Well, there are tricks to the trade, and we could talk about that too. I know in some relocations, maybe a company in this economy certainly won't buy a house anymore. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But you can increase the points to the realtor, you know, to help your house, break through the clutter, there, there are tricks, and I'm sure that if somebody really wants an employee, those tricks should be shared, right? Precisely. All right. Well, listen, we're going to have to take a commercial break, Gary. You're coming back in a few minutes. Stay tuned for more with Gary Sanger, the executive recruiter extraordinaire. Stand by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back with executive recruiter Gary Sanger, president Sanger and Associates, and that's www.sangerassociates.com. Gary, we're going to go through, again, your, your tip list, and we're going to continue right now with short bridge industry role targets. Define that. Well, the short answer to that is, what are you best at? What have you done? And keep that same focus on what it is in the kinds of positions that you're looking for, the kinds of companies that might use that. Now's not a time for you to experiment into areas that you don't have experience in. Stay to your strength. But I would imagine that you encourage education and learning skills that might um, amplify or complement the experience that you have. Maybe it's not the right time to, you know, make a 360-degree turn in your career, but if you're learning things like social networking or, you know, other kinds of marketing skills, it's not a bad thing, right? It's a great time. It yeah. really is a great time. Maybe you've been putting off getting your, uh, your MBA. Maybe you've been putting off finishing up your degree. If you've got the wherewithal financially, if your wallet's fat enough, you know, that, in fact, might be the good time for you to go out and get that or, in fact, to just to go out and get a new skill, especially if you are in a uh, an industry that doesn't have much of a future to it. I think that's exactly right. Education is always a positive thing. You never know too much to learn more, right? There you go. Okay. Inner Circle, your advisory team. I believe that we uh, we have we all have an inner circle of friends, of business people, of acquaintances, that know you well enough, both personally as well as professionally, that will tell you the truth. And what I would highly encourage anybody in transition that uh, would identify 
those five to ten people that would give you, the person that's in transition, some very honest feedback about some of your uh, ideas, some of your uh, directions, some of your plans. And from all of that, you end up with really an effective focus on where you're trying to target your job search. So they really are your board of advisors helping you stay on track. Important to have. Important to have, particularly if you're used to a corporate setting where you've always had them. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Um, I'm going to skip over resume and cover, and I'm going to refer our listeners to the first segment of the show at 7 a.m. because we went through that quite a bit. And Very good. I was listening to that. Uh, okay, thank you. so you, you heard what we covered. Um, I'm going to go to A, B, C list, a numbers game. That's um, fascinating. Explain. <laughs> Explain. Well, if you were in a corporation and you were trying to take a product to market, you clearly spent a lot of time trying to understand the features and the benefits of your product. You likewise understood how you're going to take it to market and what your uh, your target audience was. I think those of us that use day timers, those of us now that have electronic calendaring, I would highly encourage everybody to go back through their last three to five years of whom they've worked with, their bosses, their peers, their subordinates, some key vendors, consultants they've worked with, develop a very long list of people that you've had contact with, categorize those into an A and a B and a C list, and then start to make phone calls, then start to make lunches, then start to make golf dates. Get back in touch with all these people. Tell them what you're trying to do. Tell them what your focus is and ask how they might help you. Ask them also as to how you might be of assistance to them. So I think that A, B, and C list, it plays the numbers game. It causes you to get your resume out there to a, a large number of, uh, of platforms, whether it's recruiters, whether it's associations you've been a part of, whether you consider joining some of the uh, not-for-profit organizations. You know, those boards have a wide reach as far as where you might be able to make contacts and get leads on opportunities. And I think that's very important. And because I'm a social networking advocate, I think that LinkedIn is a great tool. Very true. It list. works very well. Um, okay, less is more. What time is it? <laughs> Jerry, what did you mean by less is more? What I meant is less is more. I have had times where I've been introduced to people that are in transition, people that are looking for a job, and without even asking them a question, they'll talk for 15 or 20 minutes. It's the person that is, true story, individuals looking for a position in efficiency, and we get a 14-page resume from them that has to describe everything they've ever done about this. Less is more. If you carefully listen to the question and they want a short answer, give us that short answer. Give us the the 30-second version of it rather than the 15 minutes. Right. Well, aren't you also kind of looking for listening skills as well? Yes. I mean, you know, people sometimes forget, often forget, how important it is to listen and that in communications, talking is not the only thing a person has to do. No, very true. And I had a, a former boss of mine saying, being fully present, if you're fully present in listening to the question, understanding the context, and then responding, 
so that you really know what this questioner is asking for, I think you're really ahead of the game. Being able to tell a quick story about an incident that you would have been involved with where you launched a new product, you developed a new business, be able to go to a concise story that describes your skills in a business situation, I think that is a, a really great skill that someone should, uh, should work with. I mean, how do great professional athletes become so good? They practice and they practice and they practice. Interviewing is an unnatural act. You've got to practice it. You've got to be able to get very focused on trying to tell your story about what you're good at. Oh, and I think that's important. So, you know, have a short summary about yourself so you're not talking for 15 minutes and then color that quantitative summary with something that the recruiter or the, the per, or the, or anybody who's hiring will remember. Yeah, if you've talked to 10 or 15 people in a day, the recruiter's going to remember the very worst and the very best. You don't want to be in that gray zone in the middle, and you certainly don't want to be in the very bad category of, of how you didn't do well. I think that focus, again, telling your story succinctly, if the job is not for you, you may know of someone else. So try to be helpful. Try to be able to assist. You know, I know someone else that I could refer you to. I know someone that I used to work with. Uh, I know a peer of mine that probably would be better at that than I would be. I think that kind of help to a recruiter is well appreciated. Yeah, and then the recruiter might think about that person, even if they weren't quite right for the open position at the time, for the next open position. Exactly. You're exactly right. You know, it's, it's a special kind of targeted marketing, if you will, to the recruiter. Precisely. Um, and then finally, the best way to close when you're meeting with an executive recruiter, you know, close, follow up, next steps. What goes on? from your side of the fence, Gary, and what should go on from the job seeker's side of the fence? Well, we in search, we in corporations, we're all trying to make a win-win. We're all trying to make sure we get a great fit. I believe that, I mean, this sounds so fundamental. It's kind of like giving somebody a great handshake or giving somebody a, a welcome hello that is, is warm and friendly. I think at the end of a conversation, if you really feel personally that this is not for you, I would encourage that candidate to say so, or here are some real serious questions I have. But if it's something you're really interested in, you like what they've described, you're excited about their industry, you've done your homework, I think you tell them that. I think you tell them, tell the company, tell the person you're talking to, yes, I really enjoyed this, I'd love to take it to the next step. How can I do that? What should my expectation be? Uh, what, you know, what is the uh, the next uh, step in this process? Oh no, and I and I think that's that's great advice. Um, guess what? The show is just about over. I I always tell my guests that it's going to go extremely fast. <laughs> yes, it did. Thank you for uh, working this through so efficiently. Well, you know what? You were a very, very efficient expert guest, Gary Sanger. So um, we will have you on the show again, particularly during these times when so many of my listeners are asking me questions about how to best market themselves in this, you know, in this slump. And we really appreciate your advice and your time and looking forward to having you on again real soon. So you have a great weekend, Gary. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye now. Okay, take care.
Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. Bye, everybody.